What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Full Feature Podcast. I'm Tiernan. I'm here with Ian. Hello. And Jack. What's up? And this week, we're going to be talking about two films with a bit of Oscar buzz behind them, uh, which are Promising Young Woman and Minari, both up for varying things within the Oscars. We'll get more into that. But we're going to start us off with a bit of news as well. So, uh, Jack, do you want to just jump right in there with the news? Uh, yeah, so the new Fast and Furious 9 trailer is here. Of course. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it. <laughs> but we're but mega space. fans now. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, what did you think? Uh, I, I, I'm just kind of a fan of this series now, to be honest, because <laughs> we've watched all of the movies, so it's kind of like I'm really invested. It's basically like the new Marvel for me. Mm. because i've watched so much marvel through <laughs> like the last 10 years well i can't stop thinking about it last week when we were talking about godzilla versus kong and i think one of us said imagine if you threw the fast and the furious crew in there <laughs> uh, who would win that battle and genuinely i actually like really think that the fast and the furious crew would probably pull it off like <laughs> yeah my money would be on dom and the guys like i mean like the, <laughs> i mean they have they've hinted that uh this one's gonna be you know there's a space hint to it there. So like there's nothing stopping them from like doing a crossover at some stage. Like I wouldn't put it past this franchise. Like, but I'm excited yeah, for another, it. Another piece of movie news is like the fact that the monster verse is being expanded. I just oh, feel okay. that fast and furious is eventually going to be part of the monster verse. Like that would be my, that would be a prediction of mine. It would be the most bold crossover ever, but like the groundwork's there. Like Dwayne Johnson was in that weird film Rampage with basically like. <laughs> oh, yeah, which King was Kong. basically, yeah, that was just him going after a giant gorilla for the guts of two hours. Like, so I don't see why <laughs> so, they, they so couldn't do the that. Groundwork is there, you know? I mean, they, they, <laughs> Although, I think um, Dwayne Johnson has the same name in every film he's in. So, I, okay. I've, I've, I've noticed a bit of a trend as well after watching this trailer with the addition of John Cena who's also going to be in the new Suicide Squad film. And it's like, well, no, we can't get The Rock for this movie. Like, obviously, The Rock is doing his Hobbs and Shaw movies. What's the next best thing? Let's just get John Cena, another beloved WWE wrestler who will just do whatever we tell him to. I love how as well, like, the Fast and the Furious universe is literally just built upon beefcakes. Like, (laughs) (laughs) let's get the most muscular men we can. Just get the the muscle cards we can as well and <laughs> absolutely <laughs> have them just dig each other around for the entire film i love it uh, we I talked about the it. ridiculous clauses that they have though it's like um it's like uh the rock and um finn diesel can't like beat each other there has yeah, to be something yeah. that happens there's stuff in their clauses them. there's clauses in their contracts yeah there's like ridiculous clauses I respect that though. <laughs> you know, if you're if you're a top dog beefcake, you don't want to get bashed around by another top dog beefcake. <laughs> exactly. Um, here's some more movie news. Another trailer. Uh, Army of the Dead. Do you guys watch this? It's Netflix. Yes. It's uh, Zack Snyder, yeah. and it's like a reimagining of Army of the Dead, where it's like Las Vegas. Um, it kind of looks like it looks like something The Rock would be in. It does. That that's. It's got, um, um, I, I know that like his original Dawn of the Dead, well, we actually talked about it briefly on this podcast, but it was just god awful. Terrible, so, yeah. Absolutely terrible. I don't know what he's going to do different with this, but I'd, I'd imagine it would be more, more so the same. Yeah, I feel bad for Zack Snyder sometimes because I think he genuinely has a passion for filmmaking and he same. loves directors and stuff and he loves paying homage. 
and then it just kind of comes out a bit fucking shit and i mean <laughs> i'm just getting like i got like real sucker punch vibes off this where it's like oh, this is awesome it's gonna be cool yeah. <laughs> you're gonna like this movie and it's just like explosion on. i was just like oh god i can feel my brain melting already and i know it's gonna be too long i know the movie's gonna be yeah. way too long for what it yeah. is like so the man just doesn't have an editor with him no, like, he, doesn't. he doesn't have an editor beside him just being like no man like this isn't <laughs> just stop. It. you can't you can't or there is like a team of editors and they're like zach what are we supposed to do with eight hours footage <laughs> How are we, we going to whittle this down when they're all integral parts to the plot? Like he, he shoots like three movies worth of content and then has to edit it down to, and it's still three hours when it's done. Like it's they're the most bloated things I've ever seen in my life. I don't know. Like, is this a movie or is this a? Is it is it a movie or is it a a mini series? Because maybe Zach would do fine with a mini series. You know what I mean? Like a little. No, it's a movie. It's like two and a half hours long. Of course, of course it is. Yeah, I do kind of like. I do kind of like how they have the two Bengal tigers from that show, though. (laughs) I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, What's the show? (laughs) The Walking Dead. No, no, you know oh, the show in oh, Vegas yeah, with the two guys with uh, the tigers. Sieg- Siegfried oh, and Roy. Siegfried and Roy. <laughs> and, and the tiger attacked one of them, Siegfried or Roy, yeah. at one stage. They were always in The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> so they're they in this. Pop culture, like. Yeah. Um, Lucy Liu has joined Shazam, Fury of the Gods, as the villain. Um, excited for that because she hasn't been in much recently. Yeah, interesting. But I'm I'm just not excited for Shazam, so it's, yeah. it's kind of it, a double edged sword. Is it the um, same director, David F. Sandberg, taking on again, or I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't. I don't, I I don't, don't remember if I actually ever watched Shazam. It's uh, weird. It's a weird film. It was weird. It it's was like weird. Uh, the worst of Marvel, and like the like kind of like come kind of like watching yeah it, it is david f Sambo. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He, he's like, like watching the new jumanji i actually like the new jumanji i don't think it's that bad but I like, no i like shazam i i like shazam i liked the, the the first i didn't i didn't uh do you know what the problem with it was it was forgettable it was pretty, pretty forgettable. Like, I think well, I've seen it and I've forgotten. You definitely have. I feel, yeah, yeah exactly. Tell I'm me who sure plays are. the villain, Ian. Tell me who plays the villain. I know the name, but I just, I like, I want you to tell me because he's so forgettable. I can't. I'm going to have to get up and IMDb right now. Mark, Mark Strong. It's Mark Strong. Oh, Mark, Mark Strong, Strong, of course, of course. Of course. I would have forgotten. No, 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 he was no. pretty forgettable he's, in this. He's not forgettable. He's great. But he's they make Mark Strong unforgettable. Yeah, no, they yeah. make oh, Mark Strong forgettable in this yeah. in that yeah. movie. Yeah. Like the villain is really really poor. Uh, I did. Have you see guys that seen? Film. Yeah, it's it's not a good film. I'm seeing it it's, now. Yeah, I I fully fully watched this entire film. Yeah, but it's kind of like you could just ghost through it. Yeah. You could ghost through Shazam. Um, have you guys seen Miles Teller in uh, Top Gun Maverick? He looks unbelievable. Uh, I haven't but like I said I don't care about this movie at all and I don't know if that's just because I, I have something against the original movie that I never liked and maybe this one will be good but like I don't know like anything that like 
as well. Sometimes as well, I feel like Tom Cruise, like, I just know I'm going to watch this and Tom Cruise is going to have some girlfriend in it who's like 20 years old. Like, that man's like in his late 50s, like, you know Yeah, what I mean? man, but he's a vampire, like, these, like <laughs> he literally does not age. Yeah, that's he true. He's younger than mm. me, like. That is true, if, I'll give him that. The, the cast, to be fair, to Top Gun Maverick is absolutely unbelievable, like, a mm. really top-tier cast. Ed Harris is in it, so you know he's going to be the villain. Yeah, yeah, of course. What do you think of Miles Teller? I love him. Um, I have such a mixed kind of response to Miles Teller. I think he's been in some absolutely phenomenal films and some absolute shit. He's been in some dog shit. I mean, that Fantastic Four movie really, really made his career take a nosedive. And I I think that that's kind of tarnished him as well. But I think he's got good like acting chops. And like he proved that with things like Whiplash. And I think he's funny. Whiplash, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think he's actually kind of a funny you guy. You love The Spectacular now, didn't you? I love that. I was a big fan of that. Like, you know what I mean? It was That was a good... Um, teen teen rom-com kind of like you know melodrama but i was into it and i really liked him in it i really liked him as, a, as an actor in it i think that was like his first kind of big breakout film um he's also in a guilty pleasure of mine that awkward moment with uh michael b jordan and um yes yeah. zach efron i think which is a pretty good movie as well but you're right he is in absolute stinkers i, I think he's really bad in fantastic four like that is one of the worst things i've ever had to witness in my life like so i don't know like i mean i, I i'm sure I, i'm feeling he'll be good in this but you know I'll, I'll i'll be hesitant also just to mention that uh jennifer Connolly is in this val kilmer is in this john ham is in this glenn powell like uh, the list goes on it's just looks like it's a star-studded cast i would very much be surprised if it was an above average film val but, kilmer um, remember him how did you forget Val Kilmer? Uh, well, I know, but it's just like he he had a pretty spectacular fall. Like he was like absolutely yeah. huge and a heartthrob, and then he put on like a hundred pounds and then disappeared from the Hollywood limelight for years. I can like, still see his nipples so perfectly in that Batman, <laughs> in that Batman movie. <laughs> like so yeah. perfectly, I could see Val Kilmer's nipples. <laughs> that that's such like a point of controversy on the internet ten years ago. Val Kilmer's, Val Kilmer's nipples, and nipples. nipples. <laughs> George Clooney had the nipples too. Yeah, he did. He they, did. Yeah, he had the. They had the bat. They had the bat butt. Was the first one. That, that was when they actually would show you the yeah. bad ass. Why was Why was Tim Burton like? You know what this needs. This this back costume it really needs nipples. <laughs> no, like, like at that stage, the of uh, uh, no, at that stage, Joel Schumacher had taken over. And he, oh, sorry, yeah, and yeah, everyone, yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone hated him because uh, his like uh, someone asked him like, why is it they did they make back uh, Batman uh, so stupid and silly? And he was like, they're called comic books, not drama books. And everyone was like, oh my <laughs> fucking god, Jesus! I, yeah. I thought I remember him being really apologetic about the whole thing. He did about ten years later. He came out and was like, "I realize now that I've like hurt a lot of people's feelings." <laughs> um, uh, did you see Harrison Ford's coming back for the next Indiana Jones? I did, and they've also um, got Phoebe uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge uh, cast as well. I don't know if she's anything to do with the writing in it, but she's going to be in it as well, which is an interesting casting choice. Um, I mean, I think the indie franchise was killed with. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. He, but, but he do, you think, do you think, though, like, that they can bring back Indiana Jones without bringing back Shia LaBeouf? Yes. Um, I don't yeah. want to. <laughs> you know what would be? Like, it would be Kevin Spacey's death in um, House of Cards. He'll get run over by a train off screen or something. <laughs> off screen, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a pity about your last protege. 
got, he got train crushed. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. So what will happen is they'll they'll come in and and they'll be going, "Come on, Indy, you need you need to come out of retirement." And he's like. And he'll say, for one last adventure. And he'll say, it was one last adventure for my son. And then, you know, you'll just get like some hints that he was dead. And they'll show a picture of him, the two of them together in Shia LaBeouf in his leather jacket. And you'll just yeah. go, oh, he's gone. And that's how they'll tell you. <laughs> you gotta wake up, Indy. You gotta get oh, over short this. Round. <laughs> short round is now 47. <laughs> Short round has a fucking wife and kids. Doesn't like, doesn't like having these stupid adventures anymore. I don't think I want to go to the. I don't think I want to go to the Sorry, Himalayas, it, Indy. Oh, my 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 life insurance doesn't cover de- doesn't cover death by raging monkey. Like. The last time we were on an adventure, someone's heart literally got pulled out of their chest. Not doing it again, Indy. Sorry, the adventure. The adventures aren't stupid. They're just highly dangerous. <laughs> yeah yeah i'll do the last piece of news and steven ewan is actually joining jordan peele's next horror movie which oh be that, that will be very interesting amazing i'm yeah, up for that very cool i am very much up for that that's that's ticking all my boxes and we'll talk about steven ewan in detail um in this next se- well in the in our in our latter segment but i'm i'm, up, I'm all for that like yeah, I just anything Jordan Peele does, I'm 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 really happy. Yeah, I love it. Uh, it's like a bit to of a watch that. Watch, I think. Um, Except I I Steven don't like Ewan. us. I was well, I like us. us. I think it's fine, but I just think Get Out was so. I think Get Out was just so much better. Ah, but that's the, I mean, you're following like such a good movie. Yeah, yeah, very true. Uh, will we get into the films? What yeah. What do you guys want to cover first? I think. Yeah. Will we do Minari first? It's up to you guys. Uh, yeah, let's do Minari first then, yeah. Let's go sure, ahead with Minari. Sure, so, go for will it. I go ahead and explain the plot? Yeah, you take us through it there too and take us through a little bit about what Minari's about and why it's been generating a bit of buzz this year. So this is a Oscar-nominated film this year for six Oscars. I'll go through the Oscars real quick again. Obviously, we went through them in greater detail, but it's just good to kind of take into consideration now before we talk about it. So it's up for Best Motion Picture, Best Performance by an Actor in a Leading Role, which is Stephen Yeun. We were just talking about there. Best Achievement in Directing for Lee Isaac Chung. Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role, Yu Jung Hyun. Uh, and then another nominee for Screenplay for Lee Isaac Chung. And then Best Achievement in Music, written for a motion picture by Emile Mossereri. Mm. And this is an A24 film. And it's essentially just about a Korean family in the 80s, kind of setting, uh, settling down in Midwest America and Stephen Yuen and and his family they're kind of like struggling for cash they uh, they separate the sexes for chickens and uh, basically establish who uh, which chickens to throw away basically because they throw away the males and they keep the females but he starts up a farm to kind of give them a better life and then the granny comes to stay with them and it essentially just surrounds the struggles of kind of farming and getting your life together a bit i suppose and trying to get around the cost of living in midwest america uh, mm. whilst also making life a bit better but uh what did you guys think about this film do you have really anything i missed there todd or um i mean i what i was what struck me about the film was that um it was set in the 80s but it doesn't explicitly state that it is you only kind of realize 
as it goes on that it's set in the 80s and normally that's kind of a big part of a movie especially if it's going to examine like a family's economic background and as well like you know you, you get a little bit of background about where they were before they're korean but they lived in california for a while and now they're moving out to the ozarks and um, oklahoma i think it is where they're, they're living um Ar- arkansas oh arkansas excuse me that's correct um the qu- but uh yeah like it, it yeah. was essentially it was you know it, it didn't turn out what i thought it was going to be um you know Stephen ewan is the father in this and i really kind of figured um he's also kind of the only star i recognized in this um, and I, I checked it out everyone knows Stephen ewan from um the walking dead the walking of course dead. and glenn one of the most popular characters in the show and um, i i know that uh, his wife uh, Monica in it she's been in a, a lot of Korean cinema but has never been in any real Western cinema and obviously the kids are, are young and stuff like that so um, but I was really impressed by it because you know I really thought it was just going to be about Stephen Ewan and you know it opens up with them living essentially in a mobile home and you know he's fighting with the wife and you can see the wife is unhappy about the situation and everything is just more and more disappointing as she goes on and while it's about him trying to like set up this farm essentially and live the American dream of being self-sufficient and have enough money. Um, and you obviously get a glimpse of as well as why he's like this, because, you know, he says he's the oldest child and he had to look after his own family, which is a thing in, in a lot of Asian cultures and things like that. And I really thought it would be about him and the story managed to make, you know, put a spotlight on uh, his son's relationship with his grandmother who arrives over from Korea and um, who seems very strange. And the kids are very much American, even though they've got a lot of Korean heritage in them. They're very much American kids. And so they're kind of weirded out by the grandmother, who is like your classic Korean woman who brings all these Korean traditions and ideals with her and things like that. Um, but it wasn't just about Stephen Ewan. I thought it was going to be all of him. They managed just to branch out and and you know give enough time to each family member to kind of understand the struggle that what they're going through and while it's on paper it's kind of a dull story um and i mean we talked about it we talked about a movie similar to this i think with nomadland which was looking more at the the 2008 recession but i thought this one was kept me engaged enough um, I was enjoying the story as it got along and I think I just really liked the performances and watching each of the family members like interact with each other because I mean there's no other real major cast members other than the five family members so you know I was a big fan of the film but I can see why other people might not like it I don't know what you thought Jack did you think the same thing or uh, I really liked this film but it was like a film that you watched kind of for the experience of it not like the plot per mm. se like it's very kind of beautifully shot and it's kind of like a it's like it's like about the journey not the story really and like how yeah. the family adapts and you see mm. you see all the characters kind of on these different journeys and then when the grandmother comes and then we don't want to spoil anything obviously because it's it's kind of very relevant and and you know it's coming up for it's been nominated for so many oscars so people are going to be watching it mm. but like it's it's just it was just kind of heartwarming as well. I don't know. It was a very warm film, like something that like I really, really enjoyed watching this mm. because of the way it felt, because yeah. it was just kind of like heartwarming. And like that, that kid is like, um, Alan S. Kim, uh, David, uh, he was just like the cutest kid he was, ever. Absolutely. He was superb. Him. He was amazing. He was superb. Yeah. He was so good. He was so good. Like he's got such an amazing future ahead of him. Um, if he decides to continue acting or whatever, but, mm. um, it was yeah it's just a beautiful film and um it's it's kind of like the american dream except like 
not in not showing it in like a horrid disgusting way where nothing ever goes right or like, like it's tough and it doesn't exist it was kind of like a, a nice kind of way of looking at it as, as kind of like it, it isn't dead all the way or whatever yeah um, and i think but, that you know, as well it, it could have gone the the cringe route and it could have gone the you know it could have gone the you know a real happy heartwarming family story because that's what it is at, at, at its core it's just a story about a family trying to get by um and and that it's it's just a sl- real slice of life stuff but it doesn't really, it doesn't overdo it at any stage and it's very real. And the times that do warm your heart are, are, are come across very genuine. And that's why I think it was a better film. And of note, I noticed that the studios that produced this were A24 and Plan B. And those are the type of, of you know, films that come out of these studios rather than a, a, a Paramount or a Lionsgate or, you know, they probably would have gotten the more, you know, in your face, uh, you know, happy family at the end movie and everything works out. This is kind of has a bittersweet ending as well. Um, I don't know what you thought, Taryn. I want to get your thoughts on, on Minari. What did you think of the film? I'm uh, kind of in a similar vein to you guys. I thought that it was one of those films that re- just made you feel like life is just going to be so fucking tough and there's nothing <laughs> you can do about it. Yeah, I but know, I was yeah. still kind of okay with it at the end, you know? You know yeah. <laughs> Like it was really like their family just went through the shit, but not like <laughs> outwardly through the shit. And uh, they get they went through the struggles, but it was they just got on with it at the end essentially. And I thought it was a good way to approach it. And I thought that when it first started, and I could see what kind of direction it was headed in, that it wasn't going to be a film that was overly going to engage me. I thought that it might be a similar vein to like First Cow in terms of kind of they just want to have kind of like a struggle fest on screen. Yeah, but uh, why it actually wasn't like that as well, at all. It was really lighthearted, um, really quirky as well, which is kind of in a similar vein to a lot of the Korean cinema that we've looked at. It had its little elements of that you could see the inspiration, like the Asian inspiration that kind of went into the writing of it, mm. and uh, I think a lot of that came from the grandma her as well. Um, I thought she was an excellent character, and her relationship with David was unbelievable in the film and uh, I think you're spot on Ian as well I, I really don't think that I actually thought Stephen Yuen what, like he was kind of like a lesser character yeah, than David I agree, and Grandma yeah. if anything like in it almost as much as every other character um, I <clears throat> definitely thought that the mother and the sister took a slight bit of a backseat um, yeah yeah definitely. but overall it was a really heart-wrenching film I was um, like it was a teary at the end kind of film it, it really, uh, yeah. it really as well. You made a good point, Tim, that like it, it takes these kind of Korean, um, that comes from the, the the writer's experience and these Korean ideals and stuff and all. But it also is also so slice of Americana as well, and I love how a lot of the American culture in it is so alien to Jacob. You know what I mean? And and he yeah. he is such a skeptic and such a cynic about you know religion and things like that and all and American ideals and you even see it immediately at the start you know the guy using the stick to find the water and you know he's kind of saying like use your head and you know what I mean you can't rely on stupid fucking superstitions and stuff and all but you know at the end of the day that's the area they're living in people hold on to those things dearly and you know the wife has a different approach to it she's kind of like you know this is what these people believe you know you know you should kind of get on board with it a little bit because this is where we are even though yeah she's pushing back on where she lives she doesn't like where they are she wants to go back to california and live in the city and you know 
and and that's that's what I found was really interesting about it because each character is is complicated, and you're right. Like they managed to this film is like a masterclass in giving enough screen time and enough development for each character and still keeping the movie two hours long do you know what i mean this film wasn't overly long and i felt that each character got their own you know uh, enough time to kind of show you know their kind of beliefs you know why they are the way they are you know what i mean and you know you're right the grandmother's interactions with david really make the film and they bring so much levity to the film when the film is like constantly kind of dragging you down at times and you're just going oh god like it's just and you know like you said there's nothing particularly that hard for them like it's not this like you know like it's like bad luck after bad luck after bad luck they're just your standard family that's trying to make it for themselves and make it on their own yeah and you know the only just just simply not easy like that, yeah, that's what, you know, they don't get a, no, no free rides. Like, you know what I mean? No free and rides. And like that's the, the film doesn't like tie off in a bow package. It's not like all right, their lives are just sorted now. They do yeah. have to end up kind of embracing the American culture a bit and like taking from them. Whilst mm. also kind of like the final scene kind of reaffirms that they are going to stick with kind of Korean culture as well at the same mm. time. Mm. And uh, just some of the plot points that they touched on, like uh, like we were saying, that they kind of really had a lot of development to each character i love how each character kind of had their own kind of thing going for them like the heart condition that david had really like made you feel for his character and got you interested in his character very quickly and like you were saying that he that 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 young actor did an excellent job i actually think that because the development behind him was so good that he didn't really have to do much you know i don't that's a good point yeah like i don't think that he really like he just had to kind of exist there as that character and it worked as well as it did. But uh, mm. a, a lot of really funny scenes in this film as well, which I wasn't expecting at all. I was expecting a really hard hitting scene. And I think the drama was almost kind of secondary to that because at times it felt like you were almost like watching it from David's perspective. And all yeah, the definitely. drama between the parents were kind of going on in the background, like away yeah. from the kids and the grandma. And it wasn't the part that you were invested in, which I think made it a lot more kind of, approachable it made it a lot less in your face and what i also loved about this film is that there were elements of kind of like cultural alienation but it wasn't the center of the film and it wasn't outward and just kind of put in there for the sake of it like it it felt very natural and organic coming into the coming into the film when there was a bit of like cultural misunderstanding between the americans and the and the the main cast yeah, I think that yeah, that's a good point. It wasn't a film about not fitting in outwardly because of your race or, you know what I mean? It was it, it, it was cultural things. And I think that as well, it was also specific to where they were in Arkansas. You know what I mean? The kind of hint that they fit in better in California in the city, which is probably more diverse, you know what I mean? Um, and, and, you know what I mean? They kind of hint at that. They don't really outwardly say that. But then living in, you know, a rural town in America. And you're right, it, it was not like the movie wasn't about that but it was able to get its point across um, yeah. in those little scenes like you know and what I mean like, like they kept it funny like that young girl coming over to the daughter yeah. in the film and she was like will you stop me when I say a word in your language and she was just like Chimichi. ching chong ching chong <laughs> <laughs> like, that. like that was a real kind of light hearted okay this is like yeah. child racism but yeah. it shows you what, what yeah. it's like to kind of like be a Korean in American culture back in the 80s you know sure it just it was a good way to approach it that didn't make me feel like I was watching a political film. No, absolutely. Yeah. I think, is, lot, would you guys, maybe in the next three minutes, maybe talk a few spoilers? What do you think? We just say three minutes? Because I think we should talk about the ending, I think, in this film a little bit. Or do you guys want to leave it? Or No, yeah, we could go through spoilers, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. We'll so, Jacko, warning for... what did you think of the last, say, like ten minutes of the film? Because the movie kind of flips the switch around then the kind of ten minute mark. What did you kind of think of how the film ended and stuff? I really liked it. Um, like you didn't really expect it. Um, you know, as he came back and like you see the grandmother who's obviously had a stroke um, mm. and, you know, she's lost some, um, you know, the, her ability to kind of mm. function it to, to a degree. Um, and obviously there's a massive fire that starts and it kind of represents, in my opinion, it kind of represents like w- when he goes in and like he saves the wife and then like he's going in to save his produce. I think it's kind of representing how in order to live in America, in America as Americans, like building this kind of garden of Eden that they're talking about, like there has to be playing both sides. So like he yeah. has to kind of save the Korean vegetables, but then he also has to let the barn burn down. But then, you know, he also has to save his wife. And then when the grandmother's running away and being like, you know, Oh, obviously I've caused this or whatever. And the kids come and like the kids who kind of represent like they're American kids, basically they grew up in America and like mm. they love mountain Jew and the rest, but they also want to bring that kind of Korean culture yeah back in in into them as well and like that, that like i thought that was beautiful when the grandmother was like running away but they were like no come back like we, mm. we want to stay with you because yeah. it's got there's kind of like a push and pull between david and the grandmother yeah. like um like he says like she smells like korea and like you know like yeah, she's yeah. weird and she she has all these card games but then like you know Dave is playing the car games with the kid that stays over and like he absolutely loves it as well and you can yeah. see like he grows into his like korean side of his family as well and yeah, like the yeah. fire in the end and everything was kind of like yes like the you know the korean vegetables is going to work and like it, it will and there will be like difference in cultures or whatever but like it's important to kind of look after your heritage and stuff and a lot of this is based off of lee isaac chung's childhood mm. and uh it, it's the minari that they um that they planted and the creek was from the plant of lee isaac chung's father's farm which oh is always the coolest thing that's ever. amazing yeah that's amazing and i love yeah. that like yeah. i love that as you say jack like there's all these like you know everything was like a you know it was a, a very easily understandable metaphor i think as well like there was a lot of you know there's a plant and pay off the fire that they have to burn their trash because they live out in the middle of nowhere and of course that ends up setting the the barn on fire but you know the, the film almost wraps up with a tight little bow that i would have hated where you know his heart condition jacob's heart condition sorry not jacob's um david's heart condition you know is kind of healing naturally he doesn't need to get surgery you know the guys are going to buy their produce and you know but their marriage is kind of you know the marriage of the family is still you know at a crossroads and you know monica's kind of saying like you know we were meant to save each other it wasn't about just making money and blah 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 you know when things are going well is it money that saves us of course then the movie ends with them both kind of saving each other other, from the fire and i just thought that was so so perfectly lovely what was your opinion on the ending Aaron? did you think that it, it was did it go too far or do you think it worked well or uh, i thought that the plans and payoff was all very kind of satisfying i could see each of the kind of i i suppose i could see some of it coming i liked how it, they brought back in the kind of uh water stick you know the fire, yeah, the yeah, stick. yeah i like how they brought back that in and i knew that they were going to go back to the minari after all of the crops were destroyed and uh, I did. I loved how they saved them from the fire because it wasn't like oh, this is saving our marriage. It's literally like, right, everything is burning down around us. Will we just get on with it kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I also just couldn't get like get over like how much would you murder the grandmother? 
Oh, like, on a scale of one to ten, like I just picture Stephen Young going just around killing her, like, just, <laughs> just murking her on the just spot, like shoving her face into water. Like I also thought it was such a nice touch because I was waiting for the entire film for David's heart condition to turn sour, and I thought it was such a nice touch that the grandmother essentially like green mild the uh, <laughs> David, like she just kind of like took the ailment of the film yeah. and uh, she was the one who suffered I thought that was so lovely and then yeah, like they switch roles and pee in the bed and everything yeah, there's a lot of plans yeah. to pay off in this film that all really worked and it actually reminded me in a lot of ways of how kind of Parasite worked and all of like the small mm, yeah. little kind of mannerisms that all kind of tied off in the end and um, it's actually good to note that this is the second Korean film to be nominated for Best Picture for Best Picture yeah and two years in a row it was Parasite but um, yeah two years in a row so I think guys I, we're, we're coming up to the half an hour mark should we you know should we rate this film do you guys want to recommend this film would you recommend it would you not turn in what rating would you give Minari um, it's, it's hard to say because I thought it was just like a, a really lovely film Mm. But I wouldn't, like, no, I would. I'd say it's a really lovely film, but I don't know if I'd be recommending it left, right, and center. So I'd have to say, like, 7.5. Okay, sure. Jack? It's one of those films that you kind of, you need to be in the mood to watch. It's like when you want to get, like, all filmy and get in and just be like, I want to watch yeah. something that's, that's, yeah. that's, yeah, it's an A24 film, but, it's like, it's not, it's not going to, you know, it's not a blockbuster by any means or, you know, it's not like a, it's a real Sunday night kind of movie. Feel good, make you feel about decent on a Monday, waking up and mm. and having something to think about. But I give it like a solid seven point five eight. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna 7. go for five. An, I think I'm gonna go for an eight because while I think you guys make a good point that like you know it's not it's a pretty conventional story. It's you know if you were to sit down and just watch it, I think you could enjoy it and enjoy the acting and the drama and stuff and all. But, you know, it's not going to blow your mind in certain ways. But I think that as well that if you take if you're into this kind of thing and like even just this conversation we've had with it and all the little things and details that you can look into it. I just think it's a wonderfully made film and I liked everything about it. So I'm going to give this an eight. I think definitely go watch it. Definitely. I think the reason why it, it drops down just slightly for me, it's not actually the standard of the film that drops it down. It's just if I'm rating like my enjoyment alongside the likes of Parasite, which was the mm. other kind of competing Korean film last year, it does have to like drop down just the slightest bit. But yeah, yeah as a movie in general, just a really good, really good watch. All right. Um, will we get on to our next film? Uh, as I'm just conscious of time here. Um, and that is Young Promising Woman, also a movie generating a lot of Oscar buzz. Is it not Promising uh, Young oh, Sorry, Promising Young Woman. And I literally young, young, promising promising young Promising Woman. I mean, they're interchangeable. I kept on saying pieces of a, of a young woman. Pieces of a good <laughs> You said that, I think, in the last podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a lot of buzz around this one. It's starring, it's got a very interesting cast um, starring Kerry Mulligan Bo Burnham uh, in this role uh, Alison Brie among others it's directed by Emerald Fennell who I had never heard of before this um, but she wrote and directed this and she's getting lots and lots of praise for this I th- she also wrote um, Killing Eve as well um, I'm pretty sure she also played Camilla Parker Bowles in The Crown which is very yeah, interesting yeah she did yep um, but, <laughs> which is cool but um, so basically uh, it's a film about Carrie Mulligan is the main star uh, it's about a lady who immediately from the offset you see what her kind of intentions are she kind of goes to bars gets blackout drunk and then when guys go to take her home and take advantage of her 
where she flips the switch and she, you know, turns on them and says, you know, I'm fully sober. What the hell do you think you're doing? Blah, blah, blah. And it kind of hints that she's killing these guys, but that's not the case. She's just kind of putting the fear of God into them and that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, this is essentially at its core, you know, I don't think I'm spoiling too much by saying this is kind of a rape revenge movie. Um, you know, because that, that does become apparent, apparent a bit halfway through the film. And um, we've seen this kind of thing. And there's a lot of kind of misandrist themes, you know, kind of the, the men are the enemy um, of the film. But it's also very tongue in cheek. And, you know, she works in a coffee shop, but we know that she was a neurosurgeon. She was studying to do uh, neurosurgery. Uh, she links up with Bo Burnham, who was in her college. And she kind of starts this budding romance with him and then the the plot just thickens and there's a few twists and turns um so what did you guys think of promising young woman uh Tierney, do you want to go first yeah um i actually thought this film was like quite good in in certain aspects and let itself down in so, some other aspects i thought mm. that in terms of visually it was very entertaining like it's a, a very fun mm. film to look at and it's just it's an enjoyable watch as a whole i think that the chemistry between Bo and carrie mulligan was absolutely excellent Incredible. And i didn't think it was going to be good either because i thought that there's there's an age difference between them she is five years older than Bo, mm. and i thought mm. that that kind of showed on screen she looks a bit older in this film than she, she does like. she does look older i i and, think um, it's a fair, fair thing to say but that was actually really kind of organic and they really bounced off each other well Bo was hilarious as well he's and, just excellent and um, everything he does my god he's so talented like and i also thought that they kind of displayed the men in the film in a way that was kind of so caricatured that it was kind of hard to take offense to it if you get me i thought that it was yeah quite yeah well. it was yeah it was it was as you said it was very tongue-in-cheek you you kind of rolled with the punches a bit on it and uh just kind of enjoyed it. There was some choices though that I wasn't a fan of. Like uh, my biggest issue with the film was that I just knew what was going to happen the entire time. Mm, mm. Like there was, I was watching it with my girlfriend and as pieces of dialogue were happening, I was finishing them. And yeah. I was telling her what was about to happen in the film before it happened. And I was right the entire time. And I also thought that there was some scenes in the film where they kind of chose to entertain rather than, just kind of like follow the plot in the film and that it gave off real vibes such as like atomic blonde or baby driver for me in that and um like really kind of what like why is this happening on screen and yeah there's no repercussions for this whatsoever and uh so that was kind of my biggest flaws like i i thought going into the film when i got like the first impression i thought that i was really going to get kind of overdone by the whole like all men are like this because they really do make men the enemy in this film. Yeah, it's a misandrist. There's misandrist themes to it. There's no yeah. doubt about that. Like, I think that's a fair criticism. But yeah, like it didn't bum me out at all in the film or anything like that. It didn't really t take away from my enjoyment. My main issue was just that I literally knew what was happening on screen before it happened in every single scene. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Jack? What are your thoughts on Promising Young Woman? Yeah, like I thought it was kind of in a weird, kind of weird way. It was like fun. It was like a fun yeah, movie it's to a watch. Fun movie. Yeah, that's very, a, I uh, think that's very true. Like, yeah, the subject matter is like quite like shocking in in some kind of elements, um. But like it was, it was fun. It was really like popping and 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 like like you said, Tieran, the way the way it was filmed was very like entertaining. Um, I it was really nice to see Carrie Mulligan like not in um, what's that movie? <laughs> what's that movie with um Ben Affleck? Casey Affleck in it? 
Manchester by the Sea. She's not in No, yeah, you're, you know, you're, mixing her, you're mixing her up. You're mixing her up with Michelle Williams because they both Michelle have Williams. short. Oh, they both have That's an easy mistake, though. That's an and easy. To be fair, they yeah. look very much alike. They look so they look similar. very alike. And they're I, in, I was like, yeah, that's, they're that's in, definitely the Manchester in, by the Sea. And they're no, in similar like, moody, sad movies. So I'll, I'll give you that one, Jack. But go on. Yeah, sorry. yeah. And uh, no, I like I enjoyed it. Like um, you know, it's it, like like you said the 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 way that it goes on. It's kind of like almost cartoonish in the way that like it it portrays men or whatever. So it's not gonna like it's not something you know. It, it like you said, it's Melisandric vibes to it. Mm. Um, yeah, I I enjoyed it, and I thought Bo Burnham was good because like uh, me, we're all big fans of him. Yeah. Um, and it was nice to see the chemistry those two had. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was entertaining. Um, yeah. definitely. I think this is the first thing I've watched Bo Burnham in where I was really like, okay, like he's properly not just Bo Burnham on the screen. Like obviously he was a bit, but I, I just felt like he was really fluid and uh, I really enjoyed his performance throughout. And I actually really enjoyed Carrie Mulligan's performance throughout as well. And uh, like you were saying about the, the kind of like men are the enemy in the film. And you just kind of have to come to terms with it really quick. Yeah, like that's of, just how I, the I feel film like you almost like... remove the political tone from that in this film. And I just, it's oh, self-aware, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's exactly. self-aware. It's I don't totally really know self-aware. how they did that either. You know, I just did my my uh, some of the plot choices that they decided to go down. I thought that they could have had a much harder hitting ending, um, in terms of that would also have just been a really a really cool ending. But um, they kind of moved away from it. Obviously, we won't get into spoilers just yet, but. What did you guys think about like how the plot unfolded? Yeah, I I agree that the plot is kind of where the film lets it down because while it keeps you engaged, it has been done before. Um, and particularly in this genre, the, this genre of film tends to follow the same path. You know, this goes back as far as movies in the seventies, I like spit in your grave and stuff, which are you know it's nowhere near as gratuitous as that film whatsoever. And this film has more of a of a point to make. Um, but I think that and it's more interesting. You know what I mean? Like, like visually, it's stunning. The use of color in this film is incredible. Um, but I agree with you, Tierna. There's moments in it where you know, like, there's a whole scene with her and Bo Burnham dancing around in the pharmacy, and obviously it's to like show their relationship developing. But it just went on and on and on, and I was like, you know, come on, just yeah. move on with the plot. You're, you're, you know, you're just filling up time here. Yeah, and you know I what think, did it for know, me? You know, the scene where she's kind of sitting in the middle of the road, and then a car pulls up beside her. Oh yeah, we're we're talking Jeez. about like this is the middle of America. Like, yeah, I didn't like that at all. This man is screaming at her, and she gets out of the car and just utterly assault, like vandalizes his vehicle, and he just drives off, and everything's fine. And it's like you know that like just like if you're ta- if you're trying to like display men in this bad way, if this was actually America, she would have been shot by. That she would have shot in seconds. One hundred percent. Killed on the spot. Let alone just reported to the police. There were just yeah. little moments like that where I was just kind of like, okay, come on, you you can highlight the aggression of the everyday man without having this kind of like heroic and he's you know and he's he's this like he's like a stereotypical redneck he's wearing like a red jacket and all and a cap and all like it's it's you know what are you doing you damn bitch kind of thing like it's just (laughs) it it was real over the heads but in saying that that was complimented with Bo Burnham's character um and you know I thought the opening scene was really incredible and like even little choices because you know what you said Tiernan how the men are caricature in it you know that from the offset when you see the fellas dancing in the nightclub and they're all wearing the chinos and the pulled up belts and the way they're all dancing you just know she you know 
essentially they're all going to be frat bros in this and that's what it is they're every kind of man is this like frat bro in it yeah and you know bo burnham is is the exception and you know he's you're right it's just him and carrie mulligan you can watch them on screen with each other you know non-stop and like there was moments where i was like you know yeah as you say the age thing does kind of take you out of it a little bit because you're kind of going like how old are these two people you know are they meant to be i think the script there's actually originally... only five years in a difference yeah, yeah, but I, I, I was like, even just how old are they, you know, it meant to be in the film, because I think the script kind of, um, you know, it, you know, it says that they're in their 30s and stuff and all, like, you know what so I mean? She, I think she has her 30th birthday. She's her 30th birthday. birthday, yeah, she's her 30th birthday. I think maybe you could have mandated for a younger actor, not that they should have cast under younger actors, I think it, it works perfectly, um, but, you know, it's got a very kind of, as well, um, college undertone to it as well, and like, you know, there's things that, you know, the main character doesn't carry Mulligan is it has kind of like psychopathic tendencies and she's kind of painted as a bit of a psychopath as well, but she's doing it out of this kind of justice um, yeah. re- reason. Um, and there were certain things I liked about it. You know, I mean, there's the scene where, you know, she, she goes to the Dean's office and she's tricked her daughter and the, you know, the, the whole, um, you know, she's, she's pretending to be a photographer shooting for the band and the teenager like goes for it. And like Carrie Mulligan's performance sells that, how she's yeah, like, that was a, almost switches that was characters. Scene. It was great. And how Carrie Mulligan switches from different types of character and stuff. And the movie gets really heavy at points. I mean, there's those scenes where she's having dinner with, you know, her parents, uh, Jennifer Coolidge and the other guy, I can't remember who played her dad. Um, and those scenes are actually really heavy and really dark because it's like, her parents are like so given up on her and they're worried about her and it's like they're really dark and then it's complemented with like the light colors in the film and i think that was done really really well it's yeah. not perfect and you're right i think the plot is you know this I, this film was sold to me as a real twisty and turny every twist is quite predictable i mean there's really very, not very much predictable in it. Like, no there's like, there's, there's not much in it that's yeah it, you know, there's the, nothing the, the, that the really twists just me. aren't really twists but uh, no <laughs> one no, thing i will not. say that that i like their approach on is that usually in these films the rapists and like the the men that are kind of uh, being shown and portrayed are usually these big massive villains who are just horrible and rotten and you could spot them a mile away this film went after the nice guys which i actually yeah which i loved is far loved. more the issue in kind of like the the term rape culture like in terms of america's issue or just the issues in general and i thought that it was a very good commentary to go after that type of man and it uh, whilst it was caricatured it also really made you kind of sit back and be like you know like they, yeah, these people are far more likely to exist than exactly than yeah and, and of the regular that was yeah, that you get that from um, the offset you know that was really good about it and i mean you know there's comedy elements in that you know what i mean i you know who i thought was great in this and it was great to see him back on Christmas screen was, uh, yes yes he beat me too he was <laughs> you know and his whole scene is like you know he's he is a fucking you know he's a rapist and he's going to take advantage of this woman but it's done in such a comedic way that it, it helps you get through those scenes as well because it's difficult to portray those things on screen and you have to be sensitive and at the same time you don't want to like pussy out and not show anything so it really struck that balance and made it like much more consumable as yeah. a film i felt like i you thought know. the really heavy hitting thing was when she basically showed them that they weren't drunk 
like seeing what someone's reaction would be like someone's reaction mm. is actually going out of their way to take advantage of a drunk girl yeah to realize that that girl wasn't drunk like seeing that person's reaction is something i've never really even thought of before yeah and i thought that yeah. was like a really good way to kind of show exactly what they're doing and how they exactly yeah. exactly what's wrong yeah and so, but at the same time i do think that like there was also like whilst they did that stuff really well i thought that there was also times where it, it did just kind of feel like they were just pointing a finger at everyone in the film and um it got i i don't, I don't know about, about you but i think that they missed out on a really big opportunity at the end will we will we talk about the end I think we should get into spoiler territory. So uh, if you're watching this, guys, go watch Promising. I think it's safe to say that we would all recommend this film. So I would say go watch Promising Young Woman and, and listen back. But from here on out, we're going to be talking about the the numerous spoilers for this film. So go out and watch it and come back and listen. But um, yeah, take it away. So at the end, so essentially what happens for anyone who has seen it and wants to rerun through the plot, because I presume you've skipped if you haven't seen it, is... Um, <laughs> she basically realizes that a, a woman that she approaches and that she kind of blackmails essentially not really blackmails she kind of tricks into a situation that she doesn't understand because her, her friend was raped in the film and she yeah. was raped during med school and that's why she left med school and as well as her friend and her friend ended up committing suicide over it and the whole revenge plot is basically getting back at all of the people who basically didn't listen to her friend who didn't support her friend and who raped her friend essentially and it becomes apparent in the film a tape gets leaked of the rape of her friend and Bo Burnham can be heard in the video so then it it basically unfolds she goes on this absolute vendetta after that she blackmails Bo Burnham and then she goes to the bachelor party of the rapist who's about to get married obviously and is this really nice guy and she poses as the stripper and essentially she goes in with the intent or looking like the intent that she uh, uh, she knocks out the entire party with a kind of like a roofied vodka bottle mm. and then she ties up the groom uh, and she goes to carve the girl he raped's name into the chest. Very like girl in the dragon tattoo. Yeah, I was going to say stolen right out of the girl yeah. in the dragon tattoo. Mm. Like. But anyway, she fails and the rapist ends up smothering her to death and then they get rid of the body the next morning they burn her alive and then as expected the tape is leaked um and uh, by her command and a scheduled text comes through and i thought all of that was really obvious and essentially all of the bad guys lose but she dies in the process to in order yeah. to bring them to justice i thought all of that stuff was really really just kind of straightforward and easy whereas i thought what i was expecting and this was the only part that i didn't get what i expected was i was expecting the groom to basically totally justify killing her you know because like she, he was a, a completely within his legal rights to kill her there and then yeah and you know but he, you're right yeah you're right I, he, I think he would have gotten away with it like that's yeah. full self-defense you know completely the whole party was drugged she had knives ready to scar him. She, he was locked to the bed. If he breaks free, you're killing that bitch. Like, straight up. Any person in that scenario is going to kill that person who's trying to do that. Because you don't know what they're going to do when they get up. And he was still handcuffed and stuff like that. So I thought that, essentially, he was going to kill her and just get away with everything. And, and that could have really hammered home the film's nothing yeah that could have hammered it. home the that could have yeah. hammered home the film's point more that like yeah. that these that guys would get the perfect away opportunity it. to but it's saying very that, neatly tied up in the end and all yeah, well, I can't, up in the bow, like, well, yeah, I can't help but think who did as damage, well. like 
Yeah, of. but I can't help but think this was Emerald Fennel's first kind of directorial film. You know, did, was there a little bit of studio? Ooh, that's very dark. You know, we want, you know, people are going to want a little bit of levity at the end of it. You know, she's got to win somehow. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case either, because, like you say, like, it's so, like, the, the way. Now, they, to be fair, they do kind of set it up early on in the film where she goes to the the lawyer who defended um the groom who raped her um, i thought it was well set up i like yeah, don't get me wrong yeah. i think for what it was they followed all of the formatting to get to that point i don't think that that came out of nowhere and i don't think it was really stupid but i just thought that if they're they're making these kind of small very kind of sarcastic political points throughout the entire film and the film is politically driven even though it is in a comedy sense it is politically driven mm. but I feel like at the end, they really could have made a very, very hard hitting point that I don't want to be the one of like, oh, this is how the script would be better. But it did just feel like they pussied out a bit. Like they're very much representing rape victims and essentially making out that like the rape victims are winning in the end. Like I suppose they're not at the same time, but I, they had an opportunity and I think that they kind of missed it a bit. Yeah, like there's been a bit of, when I've looked into the reviews and stuff for this movie, like a lot of people have been giving out about like how they kind of missed the boat with the ending. Um, I would say that there, I would agree with you, Ian, in saying that there is a studio interference going on, or you know maybe they had originally had the a, a different ending written and then then they changed it. Um, but yeah, I do feel that, like it kind of feels like a cop out in a way because it's it's just so it kind of wraps up so well. Because it is like, I, I do feel like this film, like the subject material is rape, uh, which is an incredibly ugly thing and hard thing to deal with. And they basically make it an extremely accessible and fun film throughout the whole thing, regardless of the subject material. And I appreciate that. But there is those points. It's like it's like Jojo Rabbit, a really fun, accessible film until he walks past Scarlett Johansson's feet home, feet, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you need it, that crosses that. it does cross. Yeah. yeah, you need it to cross that route. You need even... that moment that just brings you back into it and says, "All right, yeah. you, this is actually like a real thing. Like this isn't. We're not t like this isn't fiction." You know, <laughs> and I'm surprised. I'm, that's a good point ahead. because because Emerald Fennel obviously wanted to make a, that point with this film, and she wanted to really, you know, get you thinking about it. And I think. Um, particularly in Hollywood, you know what I mean? Like all the scandals that have come out, you know, around then and things like that. Uh, and I think that was a point she wanted to make. So I think that it's a fair criticism that maybe she, you know, maybe backed off a little bit and had a more accessible ending to a, a more accessible audience. In saying that, um, this film, I also forgot to mention earlier on, this is nominated for five Oscars. Um, yeah. And Emerald Fennel is, you know, at the best of most of those, is best motion picture. Um, Carrie Mulligan for best leading actress, best actress in the leading role. Uh, achievement in directing, original screenplay, Emerald Fennel. And then there's achievement in film editing, Frederic Torval. I cannot see Emerald Fennel winning directing or best motion picture for this purely because of the subject matter of the film. Um, I also don't think it des necessarily deserves best picture no. either. Do you know what I mean? I was um, going to say, I don't think that it really deserves to be with. I, I, I don't get me wrong, really enjoyed the film. But I think on any other given year, I don't think that this would make it into the Oscar talks because it is, it reminded me, it gave me very similar vibes to the likes of Baby Driver and the likes of... Uh, yeah, it had that aesthetic. Yeah, it does feel like Baby Driver. It does. And I don't think that it should, just because it has the style of Baby Driver, the subject material should be overlooked. But I don't think that it really kind of 
gave credence to, as... to the subject material at the end. I don't think that it overly like invested itself in the subject material like, when it came to the very ending of the plot. I also, uh, as well, sorry, I, I, I forgot to we forgot to really talk about in terms of performances as well. Alison Brie, you know, her friend that she, or friend inverted commas that she links up with and gets yeah. her drunk at the thing. I thought she was excellent in this film, and I mean the performances were just insane. You know, Alison Brie goes from one type of character in the film. She's this like you know, you know, successful woman, and she, everything's worked out for her in her life. And then when Carrie Mulligan puts her in a situation where she fears she might have been raped herself and if she doesn't and i thought the movie was going to take a really fucking dark turn at that point and really turn you against carrie mulligan's character but it didn't but it had me on the edge of my seat and i thought that was great um but i love it alison brie is like broken after that because her performances are just day and night how she goes from this like cocky you know you know uh, you know a sorority girl kind of type character and this is the problem yeah. with the film as well it, it, this is one thing that annoyed me a little bit it felt like I was watching a college drama a little bit as well and because that's where you know the crime took place and you know it basically is making the point that like people don't change in college either you know I mean they, they go on and they, they're still the same people and it just kind well, of she was studying to be a med student and then she yeah like yeah. her opening line in the film is men don't want a, like a, a successful woman they want yeah wife and the one kind of like how her yeah. character developed yeah developed, i did th- yeah, i did yeah. think that like w- like whilst everyone was caricatured i think that like some of the cliches just were kind of like i like alison Bree's character was very good but i just thought that the kind of cliche behind her like the whole like day drinking housewife kind of buzz who happens to be like covering up a massive rape scandal is it just it was a bit kind of like oh why like, why is this happening? But I, I, do, I do love the way that, like, she, she was blackmailed and she was put into the situation. And I think that's what this film did really well, is kind of showing all of the characters who were denying the situation. Just yeah, now. yeah. It, yeah, it, everyone like, was culpable. Like, and I, like I said, we said this film is, it, you know, men, men of the enemy. But, you know, you get Alison Bree's character there who, you know, didn't support her and, you know, accused her of, you know, being sleeping around and you know that's what happens when you sleep around and that kind of old attitude towards like you're asking for a kind of thing and 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 that was really really great and you know this film does so many things right but some of just the bare basics is what lets it down purely the plot i think is 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 just the big one um you know and and how it looks and stuff is great performances and i think the dialogue was was pretty good as well you know it flowed off each character's mouth and stuff everything was great but just that basic plot i think if it wasn't so predictable you know it would be a a much better movie i I was i was wondering like i would say that bo burnham must have had some part to play in the dialogue because it was so him and it was it it was very it was very i'd say he ad-libbed a lot you know what i mean yeah even the yeah. way he just you're right like i mean you know when he's first flirting with her and the joke about the oil rigger and all that's such a bo burnham joke like you know so i'd say there was some ad living in there you know I, he's just a performer you know i'd say you yeah. could put him throw him up in front of a bunch of actors and he will just he really you know what i mean was I, was he not i don't think he was nominated for this and you know he was really good so, no. but but you know it's a good point the film maybe any other year might have got it and you know it's a pretty tough category so you want to know a mental fact about this film Go yeah. for it. The words rape and sexual assault are not spoken in this film. What? That is amazing. Okay, that I love crazy? that. I actually think that's really, really well done. That is insane. That is really well done, yeah. No, I agree that with that. that but again, I suppose it does <laughs> kind of like solidify our point of like maybe they take it seriously enough. Like I'm yeah. not one for like, oh, like 
overly indulging in like a political film. But it like in terms of like the tone, like I actually think a lighthearted tone is really good for getting politics across. Yeah, no, exactly. Mm. It's how you get people to listen. Like I said, I, I do think that you need just that hard hitting moment. That hard hitting point, you. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and the, 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 that almost hit what came. And I'm gonna just briefly talk about this before we give it a rating. But you know, when they kill her, they they burn her body, and you know, the guy comes in, he's comforting his friend who's killed her. He's like, "You did nothing wrong," you know what I mean? He's real like, "You're you're a good guy," and all, and all this, and you know, they're burning her body. And you see her hand and his mate like kicks the hand and it's just such it's such horrible horrible yeah. treatment of like you know what i mean and it's so so well done and you're I right thought as just... well uh bo burnham like obviously knowing exactly where she went and not telling the police at the end was a really good time. was a really that, like yeah. completely turned you against bo exactly time, yeah. who, who was yeah. like the most likable character yeah big time big time so I think, guys, we're, we're coming up to time. So we give a quick rating and a recommendation for Promising Young Woman. Jack, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll give it a seven. Um, and I, yeah, definitely recommend it. Mm. Uh, I think I think it's like a, a like a, as an experience, definitely, it's definitely up there for ent- entertainment wise. And like, yeah. like I've said this a couple of times before, but that's what kind of really matters with film. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. I definitely recommend that and I give it a seven. Tina? Uh, I'd say a six. I thought it was kind of like a better version of kind of like Baby Driver and Atomic Blonde, like a more kind of like <laughs> enjoyable version than them that like was mm. le- easier to take. But uh, no, I, honestly, like I really did enjoy this film. I just thought it was let down in certain avenues. Like I can't overlook a predictable plot. Like if I, no, if I can speak no, that's your, the you, next line you've of said dialogue. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I could speak the next line of dialogue, it shouldn't get that high a rating. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think I'd agree with you there. I think that the plot of the film, I've said it a few times, is probably the thing that lets it down. But I'd give this a seven because I think it's entertaining enough to watch and, you know, it- it's got enough kind of intrigue in it as well and it's it's executed well enough. I think if this was any other director, this could have just been absolute schlock and come out like absolute shit. But, you know, the amount of sheer talent that was behind it bumps it up to a seven for me. And I would definitely recommend it. I would definitely say go and watch it. Yeah, I would recommend it too. Definitely like a film that you could watch with pretty much anyone as well, I think. Yeah, there's different kind like between this, this is like such an easier watch than like Minari was like in, in I know the subject matter is difficult or whatever, but in the way they approach it. um, But yeah, no, definitely, definitely would recommend it. Yeah, so I think that's us now. So next week we'll be covering some more new films. We haven't decided on which yet, but we're just kind of knocking off our list coming up to the Oscars. And um, we're getting through sure. them. I'm, I'm impressed with our own performance here. <laughs> we're actually Honestly, getting. Yeah, we're, we, we really we're are knocking we're, them out here. We are, I don't think we have much left. Like maybe yeah. Judas, Judas and the Black and Messiah, the Black and, Messiah. And, and the Father as well. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we will decide for next week. So be sure to tune in if you're on the Oscar buzz like we are. And uh, until then, please give us a like on our socials and a follow on our socials. Uh, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you can. really helps us in every way with the algorithm and uh, getting more listens and people listening to the podcast. And uh, thanks, guys, for listening. See you, See you guys. Thanks, million, guys. <laughs>